Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Fellas, just a reminder, you're less than a week now from Valentine's Day. You're on notice. My assistant texted me this morning and said, what are you doing? What are your plans? I got it taken care of. I'm, she reminded me. I'm reminding you, don't procrastinate. Now, I'm going to begin this hour with some of the phone calls about the State of the Union because I actually do want to move on and talk about other things. But uh, we got people holding who want to talk, and I'm happy to have those calls. So, Ricky, I want to start with you. Thanks for being patient with me. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Real quick, uh, you know, the, the three things you mentioned, I mean, I agree with your oil company. You know, he said, well, you know, we're going to need it for the next decade. Apparently, see, he doesn't have people that's run a business in his administration. He doesn't understand that the millions of dollars that they invest, it takes 10 years to recoup their investment. So why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and police reform, the biggest thing that they want is uh, – the, the, uh, the, for the police to be personal responsible immunity. They want qualified immunity. My opinion, you take away qualified immunity, the good cops, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna withdraw. They just, not, they, you know, if their life is not threatened, you know, because you got, uh, they got two, three seconds sometimes to make a decision, and you got days and weeks and months to look at the video and tell them what they, they could have done. And the biggest thing he said with Social Security, well, how are we going to so uh, we're going to show up Social Security? We're going to tax the rich. Well, nobody, including uh, the the the, uh, the House Speaker and Boehner included, none of them. The money they both sides have spent the money. That's Everybody why Social money. Security is in a in a bind. They've spent the money, so now it has to be a part of the appropriations because they spent the money. Uh, 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 debt ceiling, none of that should affect Social Security because it is a separate fund, and nobody talks about that. Listen, uh, you're making some great points there, and I can hear the passion of your voice on this. You know somebody who has talked about this in the past is Joe Biden at one point wanted to free Social Security and Medicare, and he's walked that back to attack some of these Republicans. Ricky, thank you for the phone call. And it is a um, mess of a situation. Actually, at the bottom of this hour, I want to talk about that very topic. Um, before I move on, though, Lewis, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Hey, Lewis. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I want to ask, I didn't hear anything about a 20 to 50-year vision. And generally, when it's a Republican president, we get a vision of where we want to take the country. And I didn't hear anything about, hey, uh, let's rebuild our military to where we can uh, stand up to these threats. And then what about us, America? Uh, He's always touting for the ones coming across the border. I I want to know what's in it for us, because we're the ones paying for this nonsense. Well, listen, if I were Joe Biden at his age, I don't know that I would waste my time painting the vision of a country he won't live to see. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, but uh, yes, he should probably paint a more optimistic vision of the country and do some vision casting. This is kind of the weird thing about Joe Biden. Essentially, the speech was his announcement of reelection. And his announcement of reelection is he wants to preserve the past. Doesn't want to innovate for the future. He wants to preserve the FDR social welfare state. And that's why he's running for election, which is kind of a weird thing to do. Now, I've done my bit for king and country, president and country, for the people to deal with the State of the Union address. I'd like to move on now because no one's going to be talking about the speech next week anyway. I want to move on to Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump because I'm kind of fascinated by this. For the last month, Donald Trump has been attacking Ron DeSantis. His attacks on Ron DeSantis have all been kind of dumb. Ron de globalist, Ron de sanctimonious. And then he put out a picture of, of de, uh, DeSantis at a chaperoning a school party surrounded by some girls. Uh, he was a teacher or some such. And uh, Donald Trump was suggesting uh, pretty explicitly that he was a pedophile or a groomer. It was kind of a dumb attack. I mean, he really was kind of dumb. DeSantis has ignored all of the attacks. You can tell DeSantis is under Trump's skin by the, the dumb attacks thus far, but DeSantis has now done something, and I find it very intriguing because he's decided to cause the Trump side of things to make mistakes. Now, this is something that we historically know about Trump. Trump is very good about finding a way to discredit his opposition. He throws a bunch of attacks and he sees what sticks. It's kind of like you, you, when you see the movies, like the Top Gun Maverick showed this. If you, if you see the movie, great movie worth seeing. If you haven't, one of the three or four people left who hasn't. Uh, when uh, missiles are incoming, you fire a bunch of flares out of the back of the plane. And you hope that the heat-seeking missiles hit the flares. And it just, just shoots out all these flares on the back of the plane. And you're hoping that the missile gets distracted from the plane and hits those things. And essentially, that's what Trump does is he throws all these flares out and he sees what gets people distracted and what hits. And then that's what he does. He hones in the target there. And it's been very obvious he does this, and a lot of people take the bait. The problem here is that DeSantis has never taken the bait. It's hard to see which of the attacks have gotten under DeSantis's skin when DeSantis doesn't respond at all. Instead, what DeSantis has learned is that the Trump team does themselves make mistakes. When you go after something that really aggravates Team Trump, you sometimes force them into making mistakes. Like, for example, Donald Trump doesn't like it when people talk about his tiny hands. It's actually a thing. If you remember, he wrote letters to people. I think what Gordon Carter or whatever, Graydon Carter of the Vanity Fair or whatever, uh, he, Trump got very defensive about something about his hands. It was very, it was all kind of funny, a little bit ridiculous, but it, it kind of it, it it threw him off his game there for a little bit. DeSantis is throwing the Trump team off their game. He's not attacking. In fact, what's so interesting about what Ron DeSantis is doing is he's championing a cause of Donald Trump's. 
but he's championing the cause in such a way it's forcing the Trump team to make a serious error. Yesterday, DeSantis convened a roundtable in Miami, focusing on, in their words, quote, the damaging impacts of defamation from the legacy media. If you will recall, for years, Donald Trump has suggested it's too hard to sue the media when they lie about you, and we need to make it easier to sue the media when they lie about you. So he convened a panel of conservatives to talk about making it easier to sue the media. DeSantis did this. This is an issue that Donald Trump has championed, and DeSantis convened a panel to talk in support of it. One of the people on the panel was Libby Locke. You probably don't know who Libby Locke is. You should know who Libby Locke is. She has been Sarah Palin's lawyer. She has been James O'Keefe and Project Veritas's lawyer. She went after the New York Times on O'Keefe's behalf. DeSantis said of Libby Locke, she was, quote, an extraordinaire when it comes to First Amendment defamation. Guess who else is a client of Libby Locke? (laughs) This is chess. This is not checkers. This is chess. DeSantis invites Libby Locke to come speak on a panel about making it easier to sue the media. She has represented Sarah Palin and James O'Keefe against the media, and she also represents Dominion Voting Systems, currently suing Rudy Giuliani, Mike Lindell, Newsmax, Fox News, OAN. Yeah, that Dominion Voting Systems. And, of course... (laughs) This is actually really good. This suggests that DeSantis knows what he's doing. Uh, So he put Libby Locke on a panel about suing the media, something Trump supports, but she's the lawyer for a bunch of conservatives and also the lawyer for Dominion Voting Systems suing a bunch of Trump supporters, and the Trump team went into meltdown mode, absolute meltdown mode. It's disgusting, according to Mike Lindell. She's a liar. She is part of the lie. The big lie is the big lie, Mike Lindell said. DeSantis being in cahoots with a Dominion lawyer has outraged the people of the United States. DeSantis lost any chance of running, Lindell said. Uh, Joseph McBride, who's represented some of the January 6th defendants, is is a Trump lawyer, says DeSantis destroyed himself. Quote, how in the hell is he going to beat Trump in a primary when he just gave Dominion a seat at the table? I just don't see it happening. I think it's a thumb in the eye. I think it's his way of saying all this election stuff was nonsense. Uh... Ali Akbar, one of the January 6th organizers, DeSantis isn't just trolling Trump, he's now trolling us. He then went on to accuse DeSantis of, quote, using the same font as Truth Social when it came to the graphic. (laughs) Sebastian Gorka responded, what? 
while stoking the outrage of MAGA internet dwellers. Longtime Trump advisor Roger Stone additionally called DeSantis's invite of Locke tone deaf. Why would DeSantis agree to this? Uh, this is the polling firm uh, Rasmussen asked on a, on Twitter. Uh, oh, and 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 uh, Laura Loomer, y'all know Laura Loomer. She called it truly sickening. It really confirms what I've been saying all along. DeSantis doesn't care about voter fraud problems with electronic voting machines, and he doesn't care about free speech. So, okay. So Ron DeSantis puts on a panel to talk about making it easier to sue the media, a lawyer who represents conservatives suing the media, but also represents Dominion Voter Systems, who is suing some of these people for lying about the company. And they did lie about the company. And some of these people are having to settle for millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, because they made stuff up about Dominion Voting Systems and the lawyers and the right. But because DeSantis put this lawyer on a panel, to talk about an issue Donald Trump likes, Donald Trump's most ardent zealots are in meltdown mode, relitigating 2020. And here is the punchline. There is a growing body of data from Republican pollsters and data analysts that the more Trump and his supporters scream about 2020, the more Republican voters Get away from Trump. The more Donald Trump and his friends scream about the 2020 stolen election, the more Republican voters leave Donald Trump. DeSantis just got Donald Trump and all of his supporters to start screaming about the crazy conspiracy theories about Dominion voter systems again. Highlighting the crazy. Sarah Sanders, in her State of the Union response, said that there's no longer a battle between right versus left in this country, really. The dividing line in America is the choice between normal and crazy. DeSantis just put himself on the side of normal, and Trump and Trump's most ardent supporters on the side of crazy. And even the base Republican primary voter is ditching that side of crazy. This was actually some really smart maneuvering by the DeSantis team to take on Trump without ever saying the man's name. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee, and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible, and there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. There's no no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or even reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free five-minute questionnaire at Refunds with an S, RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com. Greetings. Welcome. 
It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, glad to take your calls. We got other stuff besides the State of the Union to talk about as well. Um, part of that is the the climate stuff and the Medicare and the Medicaid stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that. But the, here's your just your dumb story of the day. And this is just I was perusing the Internet during commercial break, my mistake. So Aston Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon are in a uh, romantic comedy or some such together, and they posed on the red carpet, and they never touched each other. He kept his hands to himself, either behind his back or in his pocket. Uh, They're actually really good friends in person, but he didn't want to drape his arms around her or do fake kissy-kissy stuff, and he says, if I did, people would accuse me of having an affair. And, of course, all the people on the Internet are, no, we we would never do that. And you and I know, gosh darn well, they would do it in a heartbeat. They would. You are in a no-win situation. Men in America today, particularly uh, men in the spotlight, are in no good situation because uh, some awful people out there, the Harvey Weinsteins of the world, ruined this sort of stuff for everybody that you just you can't. You can't be touchy-feely in public if you're a celebrity because you'll get accused of it. Uh, good for him for for having the sense to do that. Um, I mean, you and I would give him a pass, but the crazy on the Internet wouldn't, and that's how the media works the stories. Random anonymous troll on Twitter tweets something. It becomes a big story these days. Y'all, I want to be real honest with you. Uh, I have looked, because you have asked me to look, for a reputable gold company that can give you advice and answer your questions that's not gimmicky. Like, for example, some of them do certificates, and some of them they try to rope you in with other stuff. You are interested in precious metals for your retirement savings uh, to ease the ebbs and flows of inflation and wild swings in the stock market. Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold. That's who you want to call. Uh, Advantage Gold, I have looked into them. I have had them answer my questions, and it is not one of these gimmicky places. There aren't tricks They really just want you to have a great experience learning how to be a gold investor. Give them a call, 800-450-2566, 800-450-2566. Tell them I sent you. You can get their free gold and IRA investment kit, but call them if you got questions. They're good people, 800-450-2566. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, let's go to the phones. Bill, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Bill. Hi, Eric. I was going to tell you, you don't need to listen to Kamala Harris's speech at Georgia Tech because the preview is she's going to say, we build solar panels and we set them where they will be in the sun when the sun comes up. And when the sun comes up, it shines on the solar panels. And when it's shining on the solar panels, they make electricity because they're in the sun. And the electricity is free because anytime the solar panels are in the sun, they make electricity. So I just thought, you know, a little preview of it. <laughs> well, you she'll forgot. be talking to future engineers and PhDs, but she'll get it going for them. Bill, you forgot one thing. She'll say, and when the sun shines, they produce electricity. Ha! <laughs> Oh, I, I forgot to laugh. And it's free. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, you 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 probably actually did just give her speech. So for those of you who didn't hear the other one, Bill, thank you for that. That was priceless. She gave the speech the other day about the astronauts. They put on their suits and they got up and went to the launch pad and they got in the elevator. They went to the top and then they took off. <laughs> yes, they did. They took off. <laughs> this is this is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's like um, the the Dick and Jane books. See Dick run. Look for Spot. See Jane. This is not a Willie Brown joke. I, I just, it's, it, I just so predictable. Her speeches, they're so predictable, and they're so bad too. The lines that she says, the memorable lines. She has a genuine, genuine problem. When it comes to the treatment that even Democrats give her at this point, it's it's just it's bad stuff. And to Bill's point, you think he's making that up, but that's the sort of speech that Kamala Harris gives. And now, deep thoughts by Kamala Harris. With each day, renew our commitment to the urgency of now and the ability that we have collectively, all of us in it together, to do something about it. That was Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. There you go, Kamala Harris. Now let's move to Joe Biden. Because one of the things Joe Biden claimed in his State of the Union address is that we we need to leave Social Security alone. We, We need to not touch it. Interestingly enough, this is Joe Biden from uh, the when he was in the Senate. I want to play this clip. Oh, stop. Sorry, it's playing autoplay before I get it ready for you to hear it. That's not nice audio clip. This is Joe Biden on the floor of the Senate uh, way back when. This was 1995. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans, but I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. That was Joe Biden in 1995. Joe Biden once introduced legislation to fix the problems with Social Security and Medicare. In fact, if you go back to uh, January 6th of 2020, Bernie Sanders was in Iowa attacking Joe Biden for, quote, uh, being on the floor of the Senate talking about the need to cut Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid. This was an attack line by Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden in 1975, sponsored legislation to sunset federal programs every four years. There was a carve-out or claim by some that it exempted Medicare and Social Security benefits, but Joe Biden viewed the sunset expansively. This is from Chris Jacobs, who's a healthcare expert, 
Uh, and he noted that Joe Biden said the bill, quote, requires every program to be looked at freshly at least once every four years. The examination is not just of the increased cost of the program, but the worthiness of the entire program. And in 1984, he co-sponsored an amendment that would have halted COLAs for Social Security benefits, cost of living adjustments, along with federal employees in the military. Also in 1984, he said voters, quote, understand that in order to get something done, everybody has to be in the barrel. Everybody. They're not stupid. They're not dumb. The folks understand. They know that to cut the deficit, everybody's got to be in. In the mid-90s, he voted on freezing. If he couldn't cut Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, he wanted to freeze the spending. Joe Biden in the 1990s was right. Joe Biden was right at the time. Something has to give. Something's got to give. The federal welfare state is not sustainable at 125% debt to GDP. Additionally, in this country, we are at the break-even point and slowly slipping below the break-even point on population. My friend Jonathan Last wrote a book a, a while back, What to Expect When Nobody's Expecting, on where the country heads when you slip below the birth rate um, uh, number. And he pointed out that no country's ever bounced back from it. No country that fell below the break-even point on reproduction has ever suddenly produced more kids to grow the population again. So we have, in other words, a growing population of senior citizens and a shrinking population of young people. Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, they are paid for by the workers of today funding the lives of those who retired yesterday. You think you're paying your money into a trust. That's the way Social Security is branded. You're putting your money in a trust. You put your money in that trust, it earns interest, and it comes back to you when you retire. The problem is that they've been spending that money on the federal budget. They've just been stockpiling IOUs into the Social Security Trust Fund. George W. Bush proposed a modest change to Social Security when he was president. He had won his second term and decided he needed to deal with entitlements and was excoriated for a modest proposal. What Bush wanted to do was allow individuals to take a portion of their Social Security and put it into a 401k in the stock market. One, it would have elevated the stock market over time. But two, it would have slowly transitioned people out of using the government as a trustee and into using their own resources in the stock market through uh, trustee portfolio managers. It was a pretty minor change in the grand scheme of things. And he was treated as if he had been proposing killing Social Security. The way his proposal actually worked is that people on or near Social Security would continue to get it. And people who were uh, far enough away from it, like 10 years out, could split it 50-50. And people who were just coming into the Social Security system would no longer be given the option of the government fund, but would put it into the private sector markets. It would have elevated the stock market. And those who had taken advantage of it when he proposed it in 2005, right now would actually be seeing the annual payout significantly more than what Social Security recipients are currently getting. But George W. Bush was savaged even by some Republicans 
The reality is we have to fix the system. It is the non-discretionary portion of our budget. It now exceeds the discretionary portion of our budget. The only thing larger is the debt service for the national debt. If we don't fix it, it's going to go away. I'm in my mid-40s. I don't expect Social Security to exist by the time I retire. If you're in your 20s or 30s and you're depending on Social Security, good luck. You need a 401k, you need an IRA, you need something. You're not going to have Social Security. Medicare and Medicaid is also a problem. As our population ages, the costs go up. They should be going down just in economies of scale, but instead they're going up. The economics of government-run healthcare are terrible everywhere it's tried, whether it's Europe or here. The economics of it is terrible. Something's got to give. Something's got to change. But no one really has any incentive to change anything, which is part of the problem. We as a people have got to figure this out. We as a people, we got to come up with some solution here. And Joe Biden's solution is do nothing. Joe Biden's solution is essentially going to be to raise taxes on everyone else to pay back the IOUs that were in the Social Security Trust Fund. And a lot of Republicans want to go along with him. He attacked Republicans on stage last night at the podium at the State of the Union for wanting to change and undermine Social Security. If you don't want to change Social Security, you want to kill Social Security. And that's where Joe Biden is. Unfortunately, that's also where Donald Trump is, too. Now that Donald Trump is a Social Security recipient, he does not want to change Social Security. Some senior citizens do. In fact, let's go back to the Bush proposal from the the mid to early 2000s. Under Bush's proposal, not a single person in or about to be in Social Security would have been touched. People 10 years out from Social Security would have been given options. And the most infuriating part of it is people 10 years out and later who, if given those options, when they retired based on where the stock market is now from then, they would be making a whole lot more than they will be because they're stuck in Social Security. Bush's proposal was a sound proposal for the future, and it was, he was excoriated. He was vilified. Even by some Republicans, he was vilified. It was one of the great proposals of his administration. It came around the same time he wanted immigration reform, which got the dominant conversation of the right. wasn't a great proposal, but this one was a really good proposal. And we couldn't do it then when Republicans controlled all of Congress. They were scared of the political ramifications of it. They're not going to do it now. Joe Biden vilifying the handful of Republicans who want to make changes. He's vilifying the people who want to save the program. Joe Biden is willing to kill the program. All in the name of a political expedience for 2024 to claim he's saving a program that at this point is rapidly becoming unsavable and will soon be bankrupt unless real changes are made. Kudos to the Republicans, the minority of Republicans, willing to take on this issue, willing to fight for this issue, willing to fight for reform against Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and the majority of both parties who are willing to let this thing go bankrupt and then wait for the crisis to happen before they decide to do anything. It's frustrating to see. I mean, you, 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 you can run the numbers. A day will come when there will be no money 
to pay Social Security recipients, and they would rather let that day come and do a massive government bailout than actually solve the problem. It's just infuriating. What is also infuriating is watching partisan progressives attack a company like Patriot Mobile. The only reason they're attacking Patriot Mobile, there's another hit job the other day in the paper about Patriot Mobile. The only reason they're attacking is because they're so effective. Patriot Mobile is so effective. They've been funding conservative parents to take on woke school board members around the country, and they've won every race. What they do is they take a portion of their profits and they fund their political causes, and their political causes are your causes, the conservative movement of America. And you can help them by taking your business to Patriot Mobile. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, and you move your cell phone business to them. They're a cell phone company. They give you guaranteed great service, data, voice, you name it, 5G, they got it. And you can even take your existing phone number to them. And once you're there, they grow their profits and they take a portion of their profits and they grow the conservative movement. It's patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can also call them. They give have 100% U.S.-based customer service. You can call them at 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT, and you get free activation with my name. You get discounts if you're a veteran, first responder, a teacher, an NRA member. If you got a lot of lines in your house because of kids needing phones, they can save you some money, and they take a portion of their profits and fund the causes you care about. It is patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. First Liberty wants to be able to help your business grow, not individually, but your business. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. If you're buying a building, building a building, growing a franchise, buying a franchise, buying out a business partner, buying the competition, they might be able to help you where a lot of banks are, well, hemming and hawing with small businesses. FirstLibertyGA.com. Let's go to the phone. Steve, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Steve. Yes, uh, Eric, how are you? Good to hear from you and good to speak with you. You know, you got to get a little creative with Social Security. There is an easy, there's a lot of easy ways and a lot of plans that could fix that, okay? Um, I'm going to just relate a couple that I was thinking of. Okay, first off, there are people out there who have done very well with their retirement who may not need all of their Social Security. I'm not saying take it all away, but I'm saying give them a lesser pot, you know, give them lesser of the pot than, uh, than what other people are getting. Another item that could be talked about is, look, how much money does the USA do we give away in, in, federal, in aid to the world? Why don't we just cut that right in half? Cut it in half. And put it right back into the pot and against the deficit. You know, you got to work creatively with it. There's also ways to. There's also ways to, uh, you know, pro- provide a mortgage program for people that are a little less than qualified and use it for uh, with Social Security as a, as a backing. Look, there's, there I, are a lot of things out there, there that can be done. Ways. So here's my 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 preferred one. In in all honesty, is why does Bill Gates Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, well, why do they need to collect Social Security? Um, I, well, I, I, I understand that. Yeah, they, they, they really don't. But, you know, to make them feel that they paid into the system, they should be a, a minimum, a bare minimum that everyone gets. You yeah, know, that, everyone look, that's, that's fine, in the system, but, but it, do they need the whole of it? Probably not. 
Yeah. Um, you're right. And, and there are lots of things we can do. Um, and in it's fact, so, for future it's staring generations, us right in the, it's staring us right in the face. Yeah. Uh, the the problem is is lack of will uh, to do anything when we've actually got this. I'm I'm so tired, Steve, of Washington waiting for the crisis to come before they try to do anything because they never get it right. They create moral hazards, and this is another one of those situations. I mean, to your point, yeah, uh, it would to some degree be be a confiscation to take from uh, Jeff Bezos any of these people who have paid into Social Security. It would be a confiscation, uh, but give them a minimum payout, uh, not a maximum payout. And then uh, for people who are just coming into the system, reduce their payments, incentivize their private retirement, use the other money to help cover. I mean, there are ways to do this. I don't necessarily have the preferred answer, but I can come up with a lot of answers that we could deploy pretty quickly to be able to save a system that clearly needs to be saved or it's going to cause us further long-term problems we just lack the will to be able to to solve the problem 877-973-7425 is the phone number when we come back we got to move back to the balloon i've got some information about the balloon that i'm kind of i'm intrigued by including why they had to use a stinger missile but also turns out China is revving up this program to do it on a global scale for a lot of reasons, and there's now some new news about this that we should explore.